Folks, what's going on? 47 Foot Friday. Like I said last week, really excited to be doing this. Don't get to show off as much of the 47 Foot Studio as I'd like for those of you that are following with me for the first time live on Instagram on Trainwreck Sports. Uh, first and foremost, as I do every week, January 10th, just got to start it off with thanking Amherst Pizza and Ale House. Folks, it's going to be the spot you want to go this weekend. We got the big Clemson LSU game on the 13th. We got some NFL playoffs on Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be huge. It's going to be a big betting weekend for all my fans out there. Um, obviously, I'm going to have some bets in, but I digress. I'm probably going to lose them anyway. Let's be real. Um, 47 Foot Studio coming to you from Cheek to Vegas, New York. Uh, really excited for this, folks. Again, also apologize. I feel like I've been sick for probably about six weeks now. Uh, we're ready to go, so still, you know, stay with me if I start to get a little under the weather today. But this is really exciting, kind of like I said last week. Really excited to be able to bring, you know, we're still doing the podcast recording. Uh, this is still going to be up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud when all things are said and done. Uh, but we're going to be able to be bringing this live to Instagram Live now, be able to actually, you know, have a little bit more of an interactive experience for the show. Been really excited about that. It's something I ran by Degenerate Al, something I ran by Maniac. Um, this is something that I just am really excited about to be able to start doing going forward. Um, I don't think I mentioned it enough, folks. Emmer's Pizza and House, really going to be your spot to go this weekend for any uh, food specials, beer specials. They got about 50 TVs surrounding the entire area. Um, it's going to be huge. It's going to be the spot you're going to want to go. Um, also next weekend, if you're trying to find a place to go for the McGregor Cowboy fight, I'll touch on that again, but that's going to be your place you're going to want to go. Now, how I want to start it off folks, because I kind of alluded to it last week and I want to make sure we touch on it this week, Clemson LSU for the national championship, degenerate Al, I see you, what's going on. I got to touch on Clemson LSU because this is going to be an insanely competitive game, folks. I don't think LSU is going to run away with this like everyone kind of thinks they are. Um, it's a battle of the Tigers. Yeah, LSU down, just running through brick walls behind Coach O. Uh, then you got Dabo Sweeney running Clemson up in South Carolina. This is going to be a bloodbath, I think, folks. I was just looking at it earlier here, and I kind of have some of the stats about the game up in front of me. The money line has minus 235 on LSU. The over-under is 69.5. <clears throat> We're looking at about 70 combined points for these two teams. That's insane. Vegas is looking at about 35 to 35. Uh, I could see it going up that high. I don't think it will. Um, you know, personally, I I could see it. I mean, I, I probably bet the over just because that's how I do. I, I don't think it's going to go that high, but... I'm not a man who likes to bet the under. I'd much rather see an offensive bloodbath. So you got the spread minus six for LSU, plus six for Clemson. Clemson's money line is plus 195. I think it was back in October. I threw 100 bucks on Clemson to win the national championship at like plus 750 or plus 550, something like that. Um, so, you know, I got fingers crossed. I'm hoping for it. That game, them, uh, them beating Ohio State was huge. But... Just look at the points per game for the teams. This is why I think this game is going to be actually extremely competitive, folks. Points per game, Clemson's looking at 45.3 to LSU's 48.9. But the defense is where I really draw my attention to. Clemson, 
is only 10 and a, 10 and a half points allowed per game. LSU allows 21. There's an 11 point advantage for Clemson's defense going into the national championship. Um, Al, I see, you know, Al is commenting live on me that there is some value at Clemson plus six, and I absolutely agree. Um, personally, me, you know, if I'm bending spread, I'm going Clemson plus six. Um, I think Clemson can win this game. I, I think it's going to be very competitive. I think this is going to come down to maybe a three or four point game. Um, I could honestly, I don't see this being won in a last second field goal, though. Um, I'd rather, not rather, but I more see this going to overtime. Um, and have somebody winning, you know, on one of those just last second touchdowns, um, which ultimately would then mean it's, you know, you're going to get your covering the spread most likely either way, or at least a push, uh, depending on how the line shakes out. So um, let's just look at the last five for each team. I'm a big fan of looking at the last five for football. You guys know this. Anyone that's listening to my show knows I'm a big fan of looking at the last five. Clemson's last five, Ohio State's last five, or LSU's last five. Apologize for that. They're both wins. All of them are wins. Both teams are coming into this 14-0. Clemson hasn't lost in what feels like seven years. Um, I know that's not true. Just saying what it feels like. Clemson's last five. Win against Ohio State. Win against Virginia. Win against South Carolina. Win against Wake Forest. Win against North Carolina State. Um, I'm going to try and do some really quick math here, folks. Uh, The last... Three of the last five. So for Clemson against South Carolina, Wake Forest, and North Carolina State, you got 107 between 107 points for Clemson between Wake Forest and North Carolina State. Add on another 38, so it's about 145 points for Clemson to 16 allowed. 145 to 16, they went up on offensively on a three-game stretch. That is ballistic to me. I love it. And I think that's the high-power offense Trevor Lawrence can run. Um, But is it going to happen against LSU, a team that's only allowing 21 a game? Maybe not. Look at the last five for LSU. Four-ranked Oklahoma at the time. They beat them 63-28. to It was a smackdown. I mean, it was, what, seven touchdowns for Joe Burrow? I don't think it's even worth noting any competition in that game, any competitiveness wasn't even there for me. LSU had that game shut down from the beginning. Um, their last game before Oklahoma, Georgia, 37 to 10. So not even letting up 20, you know, they're averaging 38 points, or not averaging, they're letting up 38 points. They're averaging 19 points a game against the fourth-ranked team at the time. It's below the 21 points they've been allowing all season. Um, four of their last five, or I'm sorry, three of their last five, they've kept them under 21. Uh, they beat Texas A&M 50 to 7, they beat Arkansas 56 to 20, and then they beat Ole Miss 58 to 37. Frankly to me, letting up 37 points to Ole Miss is kind of funny. Um, but do I think that this is the kind of game we're going to get out of, you know, LSU and Clemson? Do I think we're going to see an Oklahoma 2.0? No. Um, I think you're going to see a little combination of Clemson versus Virginia, which was 62-17. And LSU Georgia, which was thirty-seven to ten, or even the Oklahoma game, which is sixty-three to twenty-eight. I mean, there is really no reason this game can't end fifty to fifty, um, other than a tie. It, it can't end fifty to fifty, but you get what I mean. There's no, there's no way to say that this game has no possibility of being a shootout. Um, something I'm really excited about: the game down in New Orleans. I want to go. I love Nola. 
Um, it's going to be kind of crappy weather, but obviously they have the Superdome, so that's not really important at all. Uh, 8 o'clock on January 13th, which if I'm not great at math, I believe it's Monday. So, really excited about this, folks. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. Um, I think the Tigers are going to win, okay? I think that, I, I'm just going to call it that right now. The Tigers win this game. Um, matchup predictor has Clemson at just short of 56%. Um, they only have LSU just above, uh, just north of 44. So, I mean, if you're going off spreads, matchup predictors, um, it's not the money's with Clemson. I think there's a lot of value in betting on Clemson this weekend. So, um, if you don't already have a ticket, I would hold off on that. Looks like tickets, uh, according to Vivid Seats. Tickets as low as $843. I'm going to probably uh, hang home, maybe go to Wild Wings if I'm really feeling frivolous. Um, but, you know, if I uh, – give me a game. Uh, I'm excited for it. I think uh, I think everyone should be tuning in on that for sure. Let's get to the pros. Enough of that college amateur nonsense. Let's get to the pros. Let's get to the heavy hitters. Minnesota Vikings in the divisional playoffs on the road – in San Francisco against the 49ers. Vikings are 10 and 6, 4 and 4 on the road. 49ers are 13 and 3, 6 and 2 at home. What's going to give? I mean, I'm not going to lie to you folks. I had uh the Saints beating Minnesota. Didn't think it was going to really be close. I didn't think they were going to smack them. Um but I could have saw, you know, a, a 10 point victory out of New Orleans. Um and then ultimately Minnesota comes back and just wins it in the last second. So um, San Francisco is going to have a competitive game just cut out for them. Um, tickets for this game are a lot cheaper than the college finals. Uh, 189. It looks like tickets are starting as low as, but, uh, San Francisco has got the matchup predictor 66% to 34% for Minnesota. I think it's going to be interesting folks. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, like I said, if you had asked me going into the New Orleans game if Minnesota had a chance to make this competitive and end it, not a chance. I think it would have been maybe see, uh, New Orleans jumping out to maybe like a 14-point lead, Minnesota cutting it back, New Orleans scoring again, Minnesota cutting it back, so on and so forth. Um, but Minnesota just never even let New Orleans pull away, never let them get a significant lead. So um, I think Minnesota... Ultimately, as long as Dalvin Cook has what it takes, I think that's going to be the player you need to watch. Um, Dalvin Cook's got 1,135 yards, 13 touchdowns. Missed some time with the injuries, but look what happens when he's healthy. I mean, if Dalvin Cook was injured, limited, out, there's not a chance Minnesota was winning that game. No way. But now you got Dalvin Cook back pretty much full strength, according to him. Kirk Cousins arguably won his first big-time game in his career. Wasn't Monday Night Football. We know he can't win those, but he won a huge game in the wild card. So, I mean, for what it's worth, folks, there might even be some value in Minnesota plus seven. Um, but it, it depends on how you feel about New Orleans, or I'm sorry, San Francisco's offense. George Kittle, absolutely insane athlete. 1,053 yards, five touchdowns. You know, he reminds me of Zach Ertz, or he's the type of player like Zach Ertz where he's going to get wide receiver coverage and wide receiver attention for being a tight end. Not too many people do that. I think this year it was George Kittle and Zach Ertz were really the only tight ends getting that direct attention. Mark Andrews on the Ravens was getting it a little bit, not quite nearly to the extent these two were. 
Um, and then you got Jimmy Garoppolo. How is he going to hang up against the Minnesota defense, which they did all right against New Orleans. I got to give him credit. Uh, Garoppolo is just short of 4,000 yards, 39-78, 27 touchdowns to 13 picks, a little over a 2-to-1 scored and pick ratio. So uh, if you're looking at you know some betting numbers here, Minnesota plus 7, San Francisco minus 7, minus 320 for the money line on San Francisco, plus 260 on the money line for Minnesota. Um, Over-under is 44.5. I'm going under on this one, folks. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I think this might be like a 20, I don't even know, a 28 to, 28 to, wait, hold on a second. If I'm thinking 28 to 20, that's 48. Give me the over. I'm bad at math. We've gone over this. I've said this on the show many times. I'm on the record. I'm horrible at math. Give me the over. Um, I don't think 44 and a half is a lot for these two offenses. Um, also, first time doing the show live, it's 9 a.m. I'm exhausted. You got to live with it. I apologize. Not really. Um, Santa Clara, California, Levi Stadium, home in this game. It's going to be interesting, folks. Uh, you know I like to do it. Looking back at the last five for each team. Minnesota beat New Orleans 26-20 in overtime last week. Chicago, they lost 21-19. Green Bay, they lost 23-10. Uh, they beat the Chargers 39-10. And then they beat Detroit 20-7. <clears throat> it's going to be interesting, folks. I... Honestly, I think Minnesota covers the spread, which is going to be absolutely wild. Um, 49ers last five at Seattle, 26-21. Rams, 34-31. Atlanta, 29-22. New Orleans, 48-46. And then a 20-17 loss in Baltimore. This is going to be a real good divisional weekend, folks. Um, I'm going to pick San Francisco money line. I'm going to pick San Francisco moving on. Um, but... If you're a spread better, I think there's similar value to Clemson plus six. Uh, I think there's similar value in Minnesota plus seven. So definitely, definitely something to be on the lookout for. On to the night game of Saturday. So tomorrow we got the Tennessee Titans 8-15 on the road in Baltimore. Tennessee 9-7 and seven, shut down the Patriots, finally knocked them out. Hallelujah, we love when the Patriots lose. Um, but then you got the 14-2 Baltimore Ravens, who are 7-1 at home. I don't know, folks. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say this is going to be close. Um, Baltimore is a much better team. Okay, I'm not even going to really sit here and pretend that Tennessee has a chance to beat, Minnesota, or to beat Baltimore, to blow them out of the water. Um, it's a 10-point spread in both directions. Obviously, Tennessee is the favorite. Give them the points. Um, money line is minus 450 on Baltimore, plus 360 on, or on Tennessee. Keep on calling Minnesota. Got to get the Vikings out of my head. Don't even like them. 47 over and under, folks. I could see this going over as well, only for the Baltimore Ravens. I honestly think this game might be a 48 to 10. Not saying that they don't have a chance to keep it close. Um, obviously no one thought the Patriots were going to blow Tennessee out of the water. Um, because the Patriots' offense just isn't there this year. But look at Tennessee's offense. Tennessee's defense did a good job against the subpar offense. How are they going to react against the top-tier offense like the Baltimore Ravens? You know, Ingram-Jackson is a lethal combination there, folks. Um, that's not even mentioning any of the receiving core. So I think you're in for really a bloodbath in one direction this weekend, uh, at least Saturday night. So 
Um, last five for both teams. Titans won three of their last five. They beat New England. They beat Houston. They beat New Orleans. I'm sorry, they lost to New Orleans, beat Oakland, um, and they lost to Houston. Baltimore is on a five-game winning streak. Um, actually, pretty sure it's even more, but beat Pittsburgh, beat Cleveland, beat the Jets. They beat the Bills, and then they beat the 49ers. Um, yeah, folks, I'm, I'm sorry. When I say that they're on a, uh, a five-game winning streak, they uh, it is much more than that. We got, let's see, when have we got consecutive wins? They have not lost since week four against Cleveland. Week four against Cleveland is the last time this team lost a game. Insane. And honestly, I'm shocked they even lost that game to Cleveland. Uh, Steven Heather commenting live, Titans, Chiefs, Packers, and Niners weekend winners. That's interesting to me. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Chiefs, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Chiefs against the Texans. I mean, look what the Bills did to the Texans. Chiefs don't have the Bills defense, um, but, you know, the Chiefs have kind of that same high-flying, high high-power high offense, if you will. Um, he's got the Packers over the Seahawks. I see that as well. Um, Seahawks barely beat the Eagles with 40-year-old Josh McCown. Um, so that's going to be interesting for sure. Um, but then, uh, who else we got? 49ers? Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then Titans? Jeez. I don't know if picking the Titans over... Uh, ooh, I don't know if picking Titans over the Ravens is a good call. But you know what? I'll let it go. Um, teach their own. I don't think the Titans are going to win it. I think the Chiefs, Packers, and Niners are good picks. Um, but that's just me. Now, back on this Titans-Ravens game, folks. I don't, I don't want to go too much deeper into it. I don't think it's going to be, like I said, all that competitive. Um, give me Baltimore. I'm realistic prediction. I'm going to say about 38 to 10. Um, I think that I think that's realistic for this game. So it'd be 48 points on here. Um, give me the over by just one. All right. On to the Sunday matinee. Houston Texans, Kansas City Chiefs, 305 in Kansas City. 12-4 Chiefs against the 10-6 Houston's, Houston's, Texans. Give me the Chiefs all day. I don't think Houston really has any light of day in this matchup. Um, it's a 10-point spread similar to Baltimore-Tennessee. Um, we got 450 money line for Kansas City, plus 360 for Houston. Really eerily similar other than the over-under for the score. Uh, Dan Barello, what's going on, man? I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. 51 points combined for the over-under. I could see this going over. I mean, realistically, these are two teams they both know how to score. Um, with a team like Houston, when you have a top receiver like DeAndre Hopkins on your offense, anything is honestly possible. I could see it going either way. Um, but I'm going to take Kansas City money line. I'm going to take Kansas City spread. Um, actually, I lied to you folks. I'm going to take Houston spread. Um, like I said, I think this could be a high-scoring game. I don't think Houston really wins this game or has a chance to win this game. Um, but I'm taking Houston spread. Ten points against Kansas City is a lot to give. Um, when you got Deshaun Watson, who is honestly, the way he avoided a two-man sack against Buffalo, um, some of the moves he makes, some of the throws he makes, it's, it's Russell Wilson-esque. I mean, I'm not going to say that we're looking at a 45-year-old Russell Wilson and saying, wow, remember... Remember when he was in his prime? No, Russell Wilson's still doing that. Um, Deshaun Watson is just very, very similar. Uh, and I love it. I think it's great to see. 
Um, I think Clemson does a really good job at grooming quarterbacks. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be incredible when he comes to the pros. Um, but for the time being, I think Kansas City is going to have their hands full with Deshaun Watson. I think Kansas City still wins this game. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's going to be a, a blowout by any means. I could see it being a high-scoring game for sure. Um, trying to think where I could even see this game going. Um, this would be one, folks. I'd, I'd be okay taking the under in this one. 51 points is a lot in playoff NFL. I'm going to realistically go maybe 31-18. Or, I'm sorry, 31. How the hell the math shakeout for Houston? 7 14, let's go 31-20, honestly. Um, I don't see any safeties happening. But I think this is going to be a fairly good game. Did I say 31-20? Man, I got to get my numbers right. All right, no. So we're doing this right. We're getting this on record. If I got Houston plus 10, I still want to do the under 28, you know, 28-20. I think that's realistic. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I think that is very realistic for this game. Um I love playoff football, folks. I'm just pausing to take it all in. We got some really good playoffs going on this year. Um, Eagles, Seahawks did not turn out the way I had hoped, um, but even that was a good game for what ended up happening with Wentz over my shoulder here just dying in the first quarter. Um, look at the Bills-Texans game going to overtime. Houston and, or, geez, Tennessee and New England. You got some damn good playoffs in the hands, folks. I, I'm really a big fan of this. I'm not I'm not hating on it at all. And then Minnesota New Orleans going overtime as well. Wildcard weekend was insane. I don't think anybody really appreciates that enough. Um on to the last game. So this is a nightcap of the divisional round, folks. Seattle Seahawks, eleven and five on the road against the Green Bay Packers, 13, 13 and three. They are seven and one at home. Sixty-six point. 3% chance for Green Bay, 33.7% chance according to ESPN for Seattle. Um, I'm taking Green Bay in this all day. It's only a five-point spread. Uh, Green Bay is the 230 money line favorite. Obviously, Green Bay is the five-point favorite for the spread. 47 for the over-under. I'm going Green Bay with the spread. I'm going Green Bay, obviously, with the money line. Um, then I'm going Green Bay, I think, to... I don't think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. I honestly could see this being like a 24 to 17, um, but that puts us at about 41. I'd be okay taking the under on this one, folks. Um, I, You know, we got two great quarterbacks, but these are just the type of games, and this is me, this is totally a gut bet because I'm not going to put money on this over-under, uh, but this is just me for 47 points. When you watch playoff football on these primetime games, when it's only one game on at a time, you got the national TV crew with the TV timeouts kind of throwing off the rhythm of the game. I see low-scoring games more often than not. Just how I feel. Might not even be right with that. But anytime I watch these games, I never feel like I see a shootout. And now when you're going into Lambeau, it's going to be 24 degrees. As cold as hell. It's going to be cloudy, so we don't have to worry about snow. But 24 degrees in Green Bay, Wisconsin, no thank you. Um, actually kind of glad the Eagles did not win because I was going to debate driving to Green Bay, or flying to Green Bay, and no part of me wants to sit in 24 degrees to watch playoff football. Love playoff football. 
I'd be miserable. I've done it with the Bills for regular season football. Um, and let me tell you, if you're not drinking, if you're not bundled up in six layers, it's brutal, especially when it's snowing. Thank God they're not going to have to deal with that. Last five for the Seahawks. They beat Philly. This is true. They lost to San Fran. They lost to Arizona. They lost to the Rams, and they beat Carolina. Last five for Green Bay. Win, 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 win. Detroit, Minnesota, Chicago, Washington, and New York. The Giants. Five straight wins in the last five. Look for that to keep rolling, folks. Uh, Green Bay Packers versus Seattle Seahawks. It's going to be a great game. Everyone's going to be glued to the TVs all weekend. I support it. I'm going to be doing the same thing. Thank God I have days off on playoff football now. This is the time of year to be, folks. And don't forget, you know, there are some sports books. I'm not going to push too much gambling on the show because of the sponsors we have uh, for 47 Foot Friday. But if you're interested in that type of thing, there are some local sports books that are open that I definitely support. Last but not least, folks, we're going to end the first live show of 47 Foot Friday. we got about five minutes to go. Let's do a little recap of Wild Card Weekend, okay? I'm going to save Bills, Texans for last. Don't worry. Titans, Patriots, the clock management by Vrabel. So Belichick-esque. Can't believe that it worked out. Even to the last minute when Derrick Henry scored and made it 20-13, I I really kind of thought that... Uh, New England still had a chance. Until that clock hit zero, I wasn't I wasn't counting New England out. And it's just because of how I've seen how I've seen New England come back from things. So uh, you know, they stunned the Patriots. They really did. I don't think anyone in the country was very confident in picking uh Tennessee to win that game. But when you got Derrick Henry rushing for 182 yards, it's a pretty good offense. I give it to him. The Russian King did it again. All right, let's move on to the Sunday games, Vikings-Saints. Um, obviously, you know, Cook and the Vikings, they beat the Saints in overtime, 26-20. to um, Was there pass interference on Kyle Rudolph? <laughs> was it unfair that the Saints didn't get a chance to get the ball back? We don't know. I don't think so on either account. Um, they reviewed it for pass interference. They found nothing. They reviewed it after the fact, I should say. There was no live review on the field, not that anyone saw, and I think that's kind of why people started getting upset. People were thinking NFL was just going to let this game go, and they weren't doing anything about it. However, according to the NFL, they did review it, whether it was then or after. There was no pass interference. Um, Is it fair the Saints didn't get the ball? That's NFL overtime rules. Is it fair? According to the rules, it is fair. I don't necessarily agree. I think there needs to be a change to the NFL overtime rules. Um, Big fan of Pat McAfee's suggestion of pretty much a shootout from the two-yard line or 25-yard line, I think it was. Um, And then after that, it just becomes a kicker battle. (laughs) That I'm I'm on board for. But I think we saw a really good game. I think we saw what the Vikings really have potentially in an offense. So we're going to see how they can uh, bring it this weekend against the 49ers, but to be determined. Seahawks Eagles, the most depressing game that I had to watch as, uh, you know, watching Bills and Eagles lose in their fashions really just destroyed me that weekend. Uh, it's 17 to 9 Seattle over Philly. Carson Wentz died because of a dirty hit by Jadavion Clowney. Um, even ESPN says after Jadavion Clowney knocked out Carson Wentz, 
Knocked him out of the game. I'm pretty sure he knocked him out physically. I hate it. I hate Deshaun. Or, uh, love Deshaun Watson. Love Carson Wentz. Hate Jadavion Clowney. Can't stand him. Ndamukong Sue 2.0 for sure. Uh, but Seahawks offense just did it. Russell Wilson is magi- is a magician. He's magical. Um, Eagles just didn't have it, and I, I can't blame him, I guess. Finally, last but not least, folks, the heartbreaker, the Bills losing in overtime in Houston. Was there a bla- uh, block in the back call? No. I mean, there was, but it wasn't. Should the Bills have had a touchdown on a kickoff return that was thrown to the ref? Yes. Didn't happen. No. I'm not going to say the Bills got screwed, folks, because I hate, even for myself, the people that say we lost the game because of the refs. You didn't lose the game because of one or two calls. Uh, you lost the game because you couldn't convert some opportunities. It's just how it is. I am going to say, though, the Bills got screwed. Um, those are things where, if you follow the rules, when have you ever seen referees make common sense judgments? When they they literally told you what the player did resulted in the correct ruling, but common sense, come on, he was thrown to the ref because he was giving it up. When does that happen? It doesn't. NFL referees don't have common sense. Let's be real here. All right, folks, that's it. I'm out. I'm out of words. Um, I'm out of voice. That's all I got. Next week, we're coming back again. Same format live here. You can find this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh Honestly, the link should be live in about the next five to ten minutes. Really appreciate everybody tuning in. This has been fantastic. Thank you to everybody that came on and joined the live show. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Goodbye.